0: On Athletes Are People too. we talk about life as an athlete beyond sport.
1: We have real conversations about everything, from the perks of being an athlete to the daily struggles
0: that no one really brings awareness to. We also discuss various ways to achieve success in business and other aspects of life. Our goal is to help athletes realize
1: their full potential as people.
0: This podcast is meant to empower athletes so they believe they are more than their sport.
1: So come laugh with us, learn something new, and enjoy a show made by athletes for athletes. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Athletes Are People 2. So today we're going to just hop into the identity crisis, what that is, what that means for us. As former athletes, and as we're even just navigating through life, and so, you know, the identity crisis, Nick, is something that I went through. I know it's something that, like, you went through a little bit. So, in your like perspective, in your eyes, like, what is the identity crisis?
0: Well, I think the you know the the question is that every athlete has to go through is that who am I now phase? That's what the identity crisis is. Who am I now? And every single athlete, whether they want to admit it or not, has to go through that process. Uh, at some point especially when you get to elite levels the, like we said in our last episode the higher uh, the more elite level you play the harder it is to detach from that you know athlete identity so yeah like for me I, it's all about this that who am i now
1: yeah like for me it was like for so long i was known in my family my social groups as classy the basketball player and so when you remove the basketball player from my title it was like Who am I? What do I stand for? What am I good at? What am I passionate about beside my sport? Because for as long as I can remember, I was passionate about basketball. I love basketball. I was Mm -hmm. good at basketball. And so when that was now removed from my identity, I didn't know who I was. And so it was like an opportunity for me to reintroduce myself to myself and figure out, like, who is this newfound classy and what does she love to do?
0: Well, that's that's the positive route to look at it, that new opportunity of, classy gets to meet new classy. Mm-hmm. a lot of athletes what they think is okay, classy is now over with now what? who am, who is classy now because we identify ourselves with the past of that athlete. And so that's that's one thing that is so great with you and your journey and everything is that you can inspire other athletes to think, like you yeah but
1: but the thing is like it wasn't always like thinking positive right Mm. like when i actually think back to when the transition happened you know we talked about the career ending injury that i had we touched on that in the last episode and i lost my ability to play basketball um i had to relearn how to walk again and then i also lost my ability to quote unquote run and jump um but that's you had to
0: like completely start yeah
1: exactly and so it during that, there was a lot of depression. And That's I'm not going to sure. lie. I'm not going to sit up here and say that, you know. I was like, well, this is an opportunity for a new start. I was like, why me? Mm. Why am I going through this? Like, why do I have to be on bed rest? Why can't I play basketball again? Why can't I run again? And it Especially was sad. so young. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like 20, 21, 22. And I was sad. I was depressed. I had to get help. But you know what's really funny? And I don't think actually it's not funny. It's just interesting that athletes because we have this ego i mean any athlete that says that they don't have an ego they're lying <laughs> oh, okay.
0: yeah,
1: no, they're lying like um there's this ego where it's like i can't show weakness mm-hmm. i can't tell people that i'm not okay toughen it up. yeah like right, right? like get Rub back up on it and get back
0: out there exactly that's the athlete mindset and-
1: exactly exactly and so when i was facing the depression and like in this dark place in my life I was afraid to talk to people. I didn't know who I could even talk to. My parents didn't get it. Mm-hmm. you know. I didn't have a coach anymore because I was no longer a part of the women's basketball program. A lot of the friends on my team that I thought, I realized they were just acquaintances by convenience. So because we were on the same team, because we were around each other Mm 24-7, and we had that commonality that was basketball, that's why we were quote-unquote friends. But now that basketball was taken out of my life, they weren't even my friends anymore. So I had to navigate through a lot of this stuff by myself. And it was sad, and it was dark, and it was depressing. And, you know, recently, and I I think the reason why why we wanted to talk about the identity crisis, I'm going through another identity crisis right now you know I just finished up you know the MBA program at Santa Clara and I'm actually getting ready to move across the country I just purchased my first home but in the midst of that I'm going through a lot of family turmoil and drama that is really hard for me to deal with and I found myself in that same dark place of not knowing who to talk to telling people that you know my family that I'm not okay and them not hearing me mm-hmm. and so I was like here I am, you know, years later from going through the transition out of athletics where now I feel comfortable to tell people I'm not okay and they
0: don't even listen or hear me. So it's like... So you make yourself vulnerable and when you put yourself out there, you get shut down again, especially yeah. when as an athlete, it's so hard, like you said, to admit that you need help. As athletes, we we want to do everything on our own because we, we, you know we're, we're stubborn and we think we can do everything by ourselves. However, especially when we're living with people that aren't even necessarily athletes or kind of know exactly what you're struggling, you know, with, it makes everything even that much harder when you put yourself out there and you get shut down again. Yeah. And I'm sure there's other athletes that, you know, struggle with that as well. Mm-hmm. Especially especially the the admitting to that that I need help. Yeah. That that's the first step in in that whole transition into life after sports is Accepting it, accepting that it's over, and being okay with it.
1: Yeah, it's hard. And it, it even brought to the fact, and this is a stat that, that we talk about a lot, even with like our consulting business, that is ShakeOut, with the third leading cause of death among student-athletes being suicide. Right. And you and I talk say, about this a little bit. Say that like, again.
0: That's the third leading cause among athletes.
1: Yeah, is, is, is suicide. And so...
0: Like that's something that I don't think many athletes really understand or realize.
1: Yeah, but I bet you a lot of athletes have had those
0: dark thoughts. Those thoughts, 100% they have.
1: Because, I, I mean, I know you and I talk about the fact that, that that statistic could have easily been... You or me. Exactly. 100%. And the thing is, because we all go through shit. People in life, like, go through shit. No matter what. But the thing is, for us, like, our outlet is our sport. Mm-hmm. That is the opportunity for us to get out any frustration, aggression that we have, and that has been our our outlet for such a long time. For sure. So then, like when that outlet is now removed from us, we don't know how to channel our frustration, our anger, and that's so that, why. So
0: that exactly, and that's why that void needs to be filled by something because when you don't have that positive outlet to fill that void of it being your sport, athletes they'll turn to drugs or alcohol or you know too much pain meds or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they'll try to fill that void with... To overcompensate some, to what split, they're missing. Exactly. Trying to fill that void with the wrong thing will take you down a very dark path. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the, you know, the solution to when you are trying to deal with that who am I phase, mm-hmm. that transition, that identity crisis. That solution is, one, accepting it mm-hmm. and looking forward to what's new, mm-hmm. but trying to fill that void with something that is positive and something that gives you that fulfillment.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like for you, what is that thing that gives you that fulfillment and fills that void for you? Mine is
0: mine is working with athletes, specifically, mm-hmm. you know, the younger generation, giving back to kids and the the youth and so I can give them my tools and what it takes to be, you know, a, a good person, someone with high character, good work ethic getting younger athletes to realize their full potential of both just as a person and an athlete mm-hmm. and helping them that that's my that's what that's what helps me fill fill my void is getting people to realize their true potential yeah. like with my recruiting business helping my athletes find their their best fit school whether you know whatever sport they're playing whatever they want to study I mentor them in in that whole process yeah. so that we can Help them make a forty-year commitment and not a one or two-year commitment, where they, and then have to transfer. Yeah. Right? So, for, so you, for you, for you filling like, that
1: void is kind of giving back to the community that you are a part of for exactly, such a long time. Exactly.
0: Letting younger athletes know that, like, hey, if you do the right things, good things are going to happen, but you got to do the work first. Right. And and showing them like, you know, this is how you do it, and just keep keep working, and good things are going to happen.
1: So, yeah. Are there any other things that you do that, you know, because again, our listeners might be like, okay, Nick, but you're still doing stuff that relates to like sports. So is there anything else that you've identified that kind of fills that void and brings you happiness and joy? I know you have a a cute dog. (laughs) Well, of course. No, but just like
0: (laughs) consulting in general and and mentorship and just uh, being a positive outlet for people. Yeah. That's what I give. That's what fills my void is. Because when I give out positive energy and I, and I give out positive support to others, I get it in, in return. And you so, know what that's called? The law of attraction. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what a segue. The law of attraction. No, but, um, but that, that's what fills my void is being, being someone being someone that kids can look up to. And also I can look myself in the mirror and, and be proud of what I see. Yeah. So that's what fills my void is just trying to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. And trying to get other people to realize that. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. So what about? I mean, Shakeout is like (laughs) your baby, but like, what fills your void? Like, what was that thing that filled your void when you had to basically switch up your whole future path? Yeah, you know, you had your transition was complete. Like, okay, this is I'm going this way. Then 180. You're not sorry. You're not gonna play anymore. Yeah. Now you got to figure it out. What was your thing that you know?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a couple different things, right? Because there's different there's different voids that I was looking to fill on the kind of fulfillment as far as, like, career. Um, that was starting ShakeOut, right? Because as a career, I wanted to create a business where I was motivating, inspiring, and empowering athletes to know that they're so much more than their sport, right? And to let them know that, you know, although your sport is really important to you, you're so much more than that and you have so much more to bring to this world. Um, That's like on the career aspect. When it comes to filling my void as far as like health, um, I really got in touch with like yoga and meditation and essential oils um, because I really had to just kind of find some type of inner peace within myself. And in doing those things, I was able to kind of really calm myself down um, and then, as far as like working out athletically, the void for me was doing Soul Cycle because.
0: Shout out to Soul
1: Cycle. Se- shout out to Soul Cycle. It was dope because actually, this past year Computered for. Yourself, well, also right. this past year for International Women's Day, I actually partnered with
0: Soul Cycle. So the, okay, then big time shout out to Soul Cycle. Yeah, SoulCycle.
1: exactly. And it was really dope that I got to kind of share a day with uh, an instructor who also was a former professional soccer player. Okay. Um, and, you know, have a table, some of the shake up merchandise that we have, and really talk to people about my business. And so it was crazy, but like, yeah, filling that void athletically was Soul Cycle because. Being in SoulCycle was kind of like a huge ass party where people are motivating you, inspiring you. Like the instructors are like, you know, give your partner like a fist bump, tell them that they're doing good. And so it was kind of like that community that I loved and missed so much. Exactly, and then it was like good music and then you're feeling like you're, you know, getting some good cardio in. And so SoulCycle was that for me, for a way to work out and fill that void for me because I'll, I'll be very honest with you, A lot of the struggles I know a lot of athletes, especially female athletes, deal with is the body image issue when we're no longer playing our sport. Identity crisis was... It's so hard. No, it's so hard because for so long, like, okay, the women's body, like we all know, it's just different. And so, like, when we have been, like, practicing and training and we're used to having a certain type of physique and then you stop doing that... Certain things start happening to your body and you're like whoa 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 like of course. and then I mean women already deal with body image issues as mm-hmm. it is and people do in general but I'm speaking from behalf of like you know my women out there and so I was like looking at my body changing as I'm getting older as I'm not playing basketball anymore and I was like okay classy you got to do something so that you're fulfilled internally and also so you feel good about yourself, yourself. externally
0: right and being in that team atmosphere Probably takes you back to when you were like on your team, any basketball team, any positive basketball team environment you had. Mm -hmm. It probably took you right back there because I'm just speaking as a former team athlete, you know. Yeah. It's hard to stay in shape or just like stay motivated to go to the gym when you don't have like a mandatory team thing that you have going on. Oh, for sure. Where you have to be there, you know. It's like, especially when you have a group of people with like-minded goals you guys go to the gym early in the morning, you guys get your workout in, you probably have practice late that day, whatever it is. It's hard as a former athlete to be like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym and just like hit the weights by myself. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> have you ever post athletics walked into the gym and walked the fuck out?
0: <laughs> Showed up and turned around and walked out? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like... I have, <laughs> I have because you're like, I don't, I don't. I don't feel like it. But like well
1: I'll look I at all the equipment like and be like
0: It's hella packed. I'm it's like It's so packed it's not even." over I'm it.
1: overwhelmed by the people, it's, the equipment. There's too much going
0: on. <laughs> like there's too much. Like if I have to wait in line to like use the, the squat rack or the bench or whatever, I'm leaving. Absolutely. <laughs> but like you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? It's harder it's it's harder for an athlete to like like get going. And it's yeah. and so it's it so and When you don't have those positive outlets, that's when you start, you know, creating these negative habits and you start turning to... um, Junk food. Junk, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't have to be, like, so heavy, like, you know, alcohol, drugs and things like that. It can be, like, just an unhealthy... Eating Chick-fil-A every day yeah, type ch- of thing. I had Chick-fil-A today, so hold up. Hold I said every gonna... day though. Okay, every I said day. Chick-fil-A every day bars. Would. But I would right. <laughs> 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 No, but but I, I see I see your point. I see your point. Yeah. But but that all ties into your mental health though. So like if you don't have you know, if you don't have your mindset right, that's gonna affect your diet, that's gonna affect your eating habits, it's gonna affect your day-to-day stuff.
1: Even your stress,
0: because if you're triggered
1: by stress, that also, you know, deals with like... It could go it could go the yeah. opposite
0: way, too. Like, you could be skipping meals. Like, yeah. you, you could be losing weight that's unhealthy. So it, yep. does, it doesn't have to be like you're overweight, mm-hmm. you can get underweight, too. And so... I've never had that <laughs> issue in my life. <laughs>
1: I'm like, <laughs> I'm but, not trying to uh, laugh it. I'm just saying, so like, Lord, I've never of, been so underweight.
0: All of that is part of that identity crisis, though, mm-hmm. right? Especially, like, I mean, we could go on and on about like different specific athletes and like what they, yeah, you know, deal with and struggle with. But yeah, I think just every athlete at some point will struggle with that. Man, who am I now?
1: But you who know what? I? You know, you know what I feel like. And this is something that we also talk about in ShakeOut, like, in, like, our courses and our workshops. My thing is take down, like, take a pencil and a a piece of paper and ask yourself these questions. Like, if you had complete financial abundance, all the money that you would want in the world, Mm -hmm. what would you do in your free time? That's what you're passionate about, right? Right. So if I had complete financial abundance, I would want to continue to do what I'm doing with ShakeOut, helping athletes with life after sports, being a motivational speaker and helping people through transitions and stuff. So that's how I know I'm in alignment with my passion right now with ShakeOut as my business and also what I do as a life coach. Mm -hmm. Because that's how you identify what you're passionate about. Like strip away the stresses of bills, you know, of money, Anything that brings you stress, if you had complete abundance in your life, what would you do for the rest of your life?
0: There's a solution right there. So if an athlete is listening, thinking like, man, like, like I hear you, but I don't know what to do. I got these bills. Like, right. I, I, we all do. So find a way to get an income that's going to take care of your bills. You know, maybe, so like maybe my passion, I can't make money right away doing it. Okay. Okay. But you could start somewhere, right? While you are still working a job to pay for your bills, you can be, what are you doing in your off time? You can start doing something else mm-hmm. to create that for you. So that way you can eventually do what you love, yep. you know, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so, like, we, we talk thinking, about it a lot. Like, man, like, I just, I don't know what I like. You know, I like to hoop. You like more than that. Like, there, I know, like, you, you, there's more to you than just liking hoop. You know, like,
1: I think I think people have to start like thinking like really deep and getting. And let me tell you, it is and a there's really no right or wrong. But they're, they're, it's really vulnerable to ask yourself these questions and really sit with your thoughts in a mm-hmm. quiet space. Right. Like you and might you, pen to paper, because you know, like, things might come out as you're thinking that you never even realized before, and it might be like in a really emotional like experience for you, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us have never really sat. In, you know, in a space with just ourselves and our thoughts and this pencil, and this paper, or even with your phone, you can take notes on your phone and being like, okay, hypothetically speaking, if I had all the resources in the world to live the life that I want to live, what would I want to do for the rest of my life? We don't even think about that because we're thinking about I got to do this and, this and then this and then this and then this and then this. And then I can't we're even think about
0: what's next Yeah, I can't even right think right.
1: about what I love to do.
0: That hasn't ever been, like, a thought that, like... That's the thing, too. Like, if you don't know, that's okay. Write a few of them out. Mm -hmm. Like, I could do this. I could do that. Like, you know, make a list of, like, 8 to 12 things that, like, you can see yourself doing. And then go try the first one. Yeah. And if you like it, keep it going. If you don't, try the next one.
1: I like to your point about saying that what you love to do in your passion, you might not get paid to do it. Because we're going to be very transparent in the fact of, like, when I started ShakeOut... And currently to this day, as we're recording this episode, and probably for, you know, a while, I have a full-time job at Cisco Systems. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, I am just living off of ShakeOut. Right. I still I, and have— I, And I
0: work for the Golden State Warriors. Like, I do my thing, and that's why, like—
1: Yeah, so we still we still have jobs that you know are paying our bills in tandem we're following in our purpose and following in our passion and eventually yes our passion will be this main thing that we focus on and we'll also pay our bills but while we're figuring that transition because at shaker we're all about transitions exactly. but as we're navigating this transition from being able to turn solely what we're passionate about into a profit that's sustainable for our lifestyle we're still going to work a job
0: because we understand that's what we have to do. Because we got bills. I just bought
1: a house. I got a mortgage now. Hello. Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, we are. We have to do things necessary to pay our bills. It's very expensive out here in the Bay Area. But that's why I left. Hey, I'm, I'm I going to Atlanta. Know. Shout in out ATL. From the bay, the bay to the A. <laughs> in case you didn't know, it's a little expensive out here. So we have our jobs. On the side, we're creating this business so that, you know, we can be that voice to athletes. You guys can follow our journey of, like, dang, they have full-time jobs, and they're starting this business to help athletes out, what am I really doing right now? You know, you can, and if maybe you do already have a full-time job and there's more you can do, try something else. Like if, like if you are if you feel stuck, mm-hmm. right, if you're at your job and you just, you, you hate waking up, you hate getting to work, you just hate everything about your life, there's no fulfillment, stay there, don't just, we're not saying just like go into your boss's office and quit because don't put that on us. Yeah, don't, don't put that. Don't us. do that. Because all yeah, we're, we're not saying you that. is like, you're not stuck. Yeah. You have the power to control your life. So start thinking about like what Classy was saying. Write some. Just start by writing something down. Look yourself in the mirror, like, and have a conversation with yourself. Start there, mm-hmm. and then start to start testing things. Maybe on the weekends you have free time. Then you can test out doing the things that. You have interest in, yeah. Then you can kind of slowly go from one career to the next. You don't have to just pull the plug on, yeah, just get, on your company and be like, "Yo, I'm out."
1: But like, you don't, know, don't do that. But the thing is, there don't are people. There are people that have done that, right? For sure. And and, and it's worked out. Yeah. But like, and there and, and there times where it ha- has not worked out. So we're right. not we're gonna speak to every single circumstance exactly. and potential yeah. outcome. But also another thing that you want to do and keep in mind is, yes pencil paper what would you do if you had complete financial abundance also start looking at things like what music do you listen to mm. you know where 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 are you spending your money at currently what, right what you, what, what, like, what, watching, like, what what like what like what are you watching on tv what are you reading what are you listening to on audible because you'll notice themes right you will. and those themes in tandem with the exercise that we just talked about like That's what you're passionate about. And we're over here giving you things that we provide in like workshops and stuff because the thing is, I'm not trying to keep anything a secret. No. This is about you finding your passion so that this quote unquote identity crisis isn't something that is like so terrible that you're going through. You realize that, okay, I'm kind of shooken up a little bit. I don't know what I want to do, but okay, let me just kind of like stop and think. Let me look at where I'm spending my free time Mm -hmm. because then it starts to all make sense.
0: Couldn't agree more. Can't agree more because like whatever you are reading, watching, listening to, all spending of that, your money on, let's go back to the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're putting out into the universe, you're gonna get it in return. Yeah, and that's just that's just how life works. There's your free game. Yeah. For the week.
1: Yeah, I also kind of want us. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, like the the mental mental health thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about the third leading cause of death among student athletes being suicide.
0: We can, should we talk about our st- personal stories? Like, like the, you know, going more in depth about that?
1: Yeah. Like a little bit of like my career ending. I, I talked like, about my career ending like, injury a little bit, but. Yeah. But like
0: your struggle with the injury and everything led you to shake out. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, was there anything else, like, mentally that you were dealing with? Like, you were talking about you had to learn how to walk. Like, talk more. I, I think that would like...
1: <laughs> right. Literally, in one moment, I'm able to, like, run and do everything. And then another moment, like... And from that moment on to today, I'm physically limited. And it still, like... There are days, depending on, like, the day or the time of the month, where if I talk about my career-ending injury and my physical abilities, I'll get choked up and emotional about it. Um because it sucks. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well you can like do other things of cardio. You can go swim. First of all, I'm black, okay? I got black girl <laughs> hair. I'm not about to be swimming all the time. And I'm you, you know not I'm gonna s- be a swimmer? No. no. What the fuck I look like? <laughs> like, no, I'm not about to do that. And so I mean we could laugh about it now, but there are times where I get sad or even like people ask me, you know, who's your favorite, you know, NBA team or WNBA team or blah, blah, blah. I don't like watching basketball. Mm. And that's why. It's not because oh, you weren't a true hooper. No, because I get sad
0: right.
1: knowing that, like, that Do was you think something. Do there
0: will ever be a point where you can watch basketball and look back and think, you know what, I was pretty dang good for as long as I yeah. got to play? Like, or is it t- still too fresh for you?
1: I mean, I can look at it to the day. I mean, because I was watching the NBA finals, you yeah. know.
0: Um, but like when you're still young, and like you were probably imagining to keep playing until you were, what? How old?
1: I don't know. Probably like twenty three or twenty four. And I'm twenty seven right now, so I would be retired right now. It is just, it's I just mean, sad to think you about. Say, though? No, me because I was for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, because I mean, I also knew I always wanted to be like a business owner. Um, and so so that void. Yeah. 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 yeah through that yeah but it was more so that like again it was just sad it's sad to talk about to this day um the emotional things that i went through you know the suicidal thoughts that i did have um and also not feeling like i could talk to anyone else in that moment about it and i i did like get therapy in college but i don't think i got as much as i needed to get so even like now today with what i'm going through um, with this huge transition where, like I said, me traveling or, or moving across the country um, and dealing with some family stuff as well, I never really got the help that I needed when I stopped playing basketball. And I think that a lot of emotions are resurfacing and a lot of demons that I thought that weren't a part of my life anymore are resurfacing. And so...
0: Because of I, this new transition. Yeah. Old, bec- old, like, feelings are coming back. Well, because
1: the thing page is, page. what I talk about, too, like, is all transitions, although they're different, are all the same. The The, way we
0: react to them.
1: Yeah, and the fact... You have to, like, understand. Well, yeah, and the fact of, like, whenever you're going through a transition, it's just a change. Like, you're going through some type of identity crisis, right? And there's certain coping mechanisms that can be used universally no matter what transition you're going through. And I'd never realized or or had those tools when I went through my transition back in my early 20s. And so now I'm in my late 20s and I'm going through this transition. I never like got the tools I needed. And so I'm like, oh shit, I need to go get therapy. I need to go get help. Like even though I'm a life coach, I need a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and admitting that. Admitting that now is not something that's difficult for me. It is a place of vulnerability. It is a place where I'm opening up to people, but it also is scary because, like I said, you can tell people, "Hey, I'm not okay," and them not even give a fuck. Them um, to be like, exactly, like th- them think, but being like, "Oh, you're dramatic," and it it's takes like a
0: lot to admit that you need help. Yeah, like, genuinely, I need help. Yeah, you know, and that takes a lot. Yeah, for for me, my situation, I was so not ready to accept basketball being over with that I bought a one-way ticket to Europe, mm-hmm. packed a backpack, had my shoes hanging on the outside, and with no agent, no tryout, no connections, nothing, I just hopped on a plane, and I w- my plan was just h- get to Europe and go t- from like, club to club and just knock on their doorstep, being like, hey, yeah. could I get a tryout? I won't like go into the full details about how it all worked out, but that's how... Desperately, I wasn't ready to accept the end was I just was like, all right Well, I'm just gonna put my life in a bag and I'm gonna leave to the other side of the world And I'm gonna make this happen. Mm -hmm. And so when I did end up playing in Spain I came back and I moved back home to the Bay Area I had the same thoughts again of like, is this it? Is this the end? Who am I again? Mm -hmm. I had to go through that whole process again and not being able to admit it and not being able to seek help That was the hardest part because like, when you have relationships with your family and friends and whoever, you're always identified to that, you know, that athlete of who you are. And it's hard to admit like, hey, I'm not doing well and I need help. So like, let's talk about those solutions. Like what we talked about is like being able to just reach out to a friend or a family member or someone to help you network, a teammate, a coach, whoever, to kind of get you back on your feet. Well, here's, I think that would be, like, a But good. here's the
1: thing, though. Like, a lot of athletes feel like, to their coaches, they're another statistic. Mm-hmm. That once their eligibility is expired, that although their coach... Could care about them. They're they also it's have a whole level, no, right? but they also have a whole other you know group of individuals they have to focus on on top of winning sure. games on top of the politics of it all. And so even like when I talk, we talk about teammates. Like I said, my mm-hmm. teammates I thought were my friends. Some of them are still like some of my best friends to the day to, until today. But then some of them that I was really close with when I played basketball with, I don't talk to them at all. So it's like you think people are your friends. You think that certain people care about you. But what you realize is like, holy shit, they don't. They really don't. And I think that's another reason why I created ShakeOut because I want this. But I I want this to create like a whole community of athletes that really truly care about other athletes. And at the end of the day, too, like – If someone is going through something, they need someone to talk to, they can email us. Like, my email is classy at Mm -hmm. shakeoutllc.com. I'm your friend. I'm your confidant. I'm your coach. Like, I am whoever you need me to be if you're going through something like this, and I will respond. Mm -hmm. Because the the problem is you think that people are your friends. You think that your teammates have your back. You think that your coaches, like, care about you. And although they can care about you, they also have other things to worry about.
0: For sure. It's being able to distinguish, you know... Genuine versus fake. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, a lot of times, you know, athletes will think like, you know, you know, he's not going to help me out or she's not going to help me out or whatever. But at least still reaching out to someone is better than doing nothing. Is mm-hmm. that was just my point. Mm-hmm. Especially like when you're when you're in a rut and you don't like you don't have that fulfillment. You're just kind of you just feel stuck. It's better to at least reach out to somebody and and say like it might even be a therapist. You know, but like, maybe you can't afford a therapist, and you really need a job. Like, maybe it is reaching out to, you know, that there are free
1: services though out there. Like, I don't know all of them, but I will definitely research them. I think that's something that we need to add to the shakeout like website, like free resources for people that are going through like you know depression or any type of like mental health issues or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, because
0: Because because it's a topic in sports, it's just. It's still so surface level. Like we still aren't hitting home. Like the real issues about what are what we as athletes go through. Mm-hmm. Like that, and it it all stems from the identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Not being able to detach from that athlete mindset and accept that your sport is over with. That's what, at least. You know, that depression stems from, from no longer being an athlete. Yeah. Now, we all have our own stuff that we deal with outside in just life in general. Mm-hmm. But we can, we can take that process of transition from life after, uh, into life after sports and create that positive yeah. habit.
1: Yeah. So then
0: when you do have something like what you're going through right now, it's the same process. Your brain is trained to, mm-hmm. okay, let's attack this head on. Obviously, like, you know, we're still going through it. You're going to have your off days, but you're still you're still chugging along. You're still going. You
1: yeah, know? and I think the thing that, you know, I'm getting super vulnerable with our listeners right now because I think that on the surface, you can look at me, for example, like, you have your own company, you have a really great job, you know, in high tech, you just bought a house, a beautiful house, you know, in Atlanta, you know, um, you just got an MBA, people can look from the outside and be like, what do you have to complain about? But the fact is, despite what you think you know about people, Mm -hmm. everyone's going through a struggle. Of course. Everyone is going through a struggle, and I'm just able to, like, openly admit the fact that I am going through one and I am seeking out the help that I need to make sure that I push through this and so I can show up and be the best CEO. So I can show up and be the best life coach. So I can show up and be the best employee and be the best friend, daughter, whatever the case is. But I also I want to bring back to your point about like reaching out to someone, even though, you know, they may or may not care. I think that because of what I went through it opened up a door for a lot of my younger teammates that are now some of my closest friends to come to me when they had similar situations, when they stopped playing basketball, or they had to transfer, or they realized certain teammates didn't really have their back, and I was that person for them, Mm -hmm. you know? And they felt comfortable enough because they saw what I went through to know that they could reach out to me and that I would show up for them. Um, And so, and, and now vice versa when I'm going through the shit that I'm going through right now, they're able to be there for me. And so you start to identify, okay, who really, really, really are my day ones and really have my back.
0: And they're going to start that chain of they'll be there for that next group, mm-hmm. hopefully. That's what you're starting. This, so that they, you know, they have the younger group looking up to them. Mm-hmm. And Maybe not even
1: younger or older. Like, it could be any age. Any
0: peer, exactly. So yeah. that's, that's what we're trying to create. It's like, all of us athletes are in this together. Yeah. We yeah.
1: are. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's just, we just gotta show up. We gotta show up for ourselves, we gotta show up for other people. Exactly. Um, but I think that it's all part of the journey.
0: It is, and, and I, I wrote in my notes that father time is undefeated. So at some point, mm-hmm. father time's gonna get you, whether it's due to an injury or just old age or whatever, life, politics some point your sport is going to end so the i think you know the, soo- the the sooner you can just kind of accept that yeah and you know you you can always start preparing for it you always should you you always should prepare <laughs> for it because i was not prepared for it i was not and prepared and you just kind of get like thrown into life and you just are sort of like here you go good luck yeah yeah and it's it's scary adulting's hard
1: Oh, yeah, I'm scared. Like, I just told you before we started recording this episode, I'm like, I got to get homeowner's insurance. Like,
0: dang. It's, I didn't... Just, it's just starting now.
1: <laughs> like, I got a whole ass mortgage. I got ins- <laughs> all these types of insurance, HOA fees. Like, it's too much. Um, But it's all part of the journey, and it I is. think that it's, like, a beautiful journey, and I think that that's why we talk about various aspects of kind of, you know, shake out and... Athletes are people to, to know that you know even though we call it the identity crisis and that can be looked at something that's so negative, actually something so beautiful. Just the word. But something right, but something so beautiful comes out of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like had I not gone through my identity crisis from a college athlete like the way that I went through it, I would not be here today as a founder and CEO of a company where my sole mission is to help athletes exactly. through that same thing that I went through. And so understanding that every single obstacle and journey you go through is for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And you are going to inspire people because of that.
0: And it, it all starts in your mind. How, yep. you, how you view the situation is how it is. Yeah. So you can either, you know, be a pessimist and look at everything in a negative way and think, oh, like like, kind of like you initially were like, why me, right? If you start asking why me, you're not off to the right start. But no, so, actually, no, I disagree. Because I think
1: that... that we are entitled to go through the waves, and the ebbs and flows of the emotions. Oh, for sure. But because if you
0: stay there. No, yeah. The start, starting there off and is you're fine. Just in that yeah. Rut and you're like, man, why me? Why me? And you can't get over that. Yeah. You'll never be able to move forward. No, for, for sure. For sure. Like, let the heart hurt. Like, let it. Like, feel that pain. Yeah. Like, if you get hurt and you're done, like, it's it's totally okay to feel that. Yeah. Totally, but don't get caught there. Yeah. Right. But able to move forward.
1: No, yeah. I I think yeah. like what it is, is to own every single emotion that you go through on that journey. Like no one, honestly, to be very, very, very frank, no one can tell you how long it's acceptable for you to be mad and upset and sad. We can say Mm. being mad, upset and sad for a long period of time will not be beneficial to your journey, however, do whatever you feel is best in your spirit and your soul, right? For me, it took me a while a long time to stop, to get out of that victim mode. Mm -hmm. Like a good probably like two years. Right. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, okay, for a couple weeks I was sad. No, I was sad and I was really depressed for a couple of years. And so... It goes
0: back to the whole statistic. Like you easily could have been that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's why I'm saying like, I want to be really real and raw with our listeners so they know like it's okay to feel the emotions, but know that like you have to persevere through it you have to find the right type of support system to help you get through it because i don't want anyone to be in that state of depression for more than like like years like i was
0: mm-hmm. cuz it's
1: crazy and even yes. to this day i still you know feel some of those same emotions and so that's why i'm going back and getting and, help
0: and it never it never ends either like it's not like you're just depressed for 2 years and then you just overcome it like no you're still going to have your bad days yeah. but it's during those bad days is when you have to continue to be productive like if you wake up and you're not feeling it that day that's that day is going to be so important for wherever you're heading because those are the days just like an athlete like some days you're you're going to wake up you don't feel like working out like if you don't work out you skip that day so you know just like just like in in life you know, nothing ever stays the same. You yep. either get better or you get worse. You don't stay in the middle. Mm-hmm. Same as an athlete. You can either get better or you get worse that day. Yeah. If you do nothing, you're not you're getting worse. So, it applies to life as well.
1: Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, shit's hard. It is hard. <laughs> life is hard. Yeah, the shit's hard, but...
0: Hoop is, hoop's the easy part. Like, getting buckets, that was easy. do You put, like, a lot of grind, like blood sweat and tears into that. but that was I mean looking back like we, you, like you get through it. Yeah you know?
1: it's adulting that is uh, difficult. Yeah um, it's really hard. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I had to talk that's, about today. you know I just that's really all I got. yeah I, just I really
0: I, I think I think our you know our main point is you know if you're an athlete that is maybe you did struggle with the identity crisis, you're kind of going through it right now you're listening and you are still an athlete, so you're like, man, what are these people talking about? Um, I think our whole point of this is to just be aware of it. You know, we're trying to bring awareness to it, that mm-hmm. identity crisis of, like, you know, who am I? It's going to happen eventually. So start trying to find other things that get you, give you that fulfillment outside of what you do in terms of your sport. Mm-hmm. Start thinking now about... Maybe it's working with kids. Maybe it's, I want to start a business. I don't know what your passion is, but start thinking about those things now so that you are prepared for your life once it's over with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this in the previous episode, but there's a whole community of athletes that have gone through, will go through, or are going through the transition out of athletics, and a huge component of that transition is the identity crisis. So you're not alone in it. Exactly. I, I, I think that when I went through it, I thought I was alone in it, and I didn't realize that there was a whole group of people. I just didn't know where they were at. And I think that's, again, why I created ShakeOut, so like we can start building this community so people can know they're my people, Mm-hmm. they get it they're here for me they're here to support me they're here to create a podcast to talk about this shit that i maybe i don't know who to talk to about yeah you know like
0: so you can listen to this podcast and know that you're not alone yeah like, man like i'm i'm really struggling and man there's other athletes out there that go through this stuff too like you guys think we all think similarly mm-hmm. right so you know we're all going through it
1: yeah So, I mean, I think that's all we have today. I mean, thanks so much, you guys, for listening today about the identity crisis and hearing kind of me and Nick's take on it. And we'll catch you in the next episode. So stay blessed.